Welcome to the official DevSlopes podcast, where we talk tech, code, jobs, freelancing, apps, startups, and more. This is the place to be if you want to upgrade your career, start that amazing app idea, learn to code, and take your skills to a whole new level. In this podcast, I interview interesting people in the world of tech, talking about their successes. We had a couple million active users, though. And their failures. Really, really challenging for me at first. I'm Mark Walbeck, your host, and let's talk tech. Welcome, everyone here who's listening today. I'm super excited to talk with Jacob Lutzo. He is a self-taught, remote, senior iOS developer working for a startup based in Austin, Texas. But he lives in the mountains of Idaho and has built a career around his lifestyle. He also considers himself a digital nomad, traveling and coding as often as he can. When he's not hiking through the woods with his two dogs, he's working on his upcoming side hustle app. Welcome to the show, Jacob. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Pretty exciting. So one of the reasons why this, this podcast is kind of new. One of the reasons why I wanted to reach out to you specifically is because you have an interesting lifestyle. And in my rounds working with people, there are lots of, uh, false beliefs about programmers, false beliefs about what it is, you know, who does it, where can you work? You know, what can you do with it? And so I'm trying to dispel beliefs and show that people are doing crazy and different things with programming. And so why you're interesting is because I watch your, or I see the photos you take, uh, like on Instagram of the mountains and you're literally hiking through the woods. You're, you're coding in the day, you're hiking in the woods later on, or in the, in the winter you're, you know, there's like what, four or five feet of snow and you're out there just doing crazy things while also coding far, far away from where the tech scene is. So I think that's very, very interesting. It's very clear. You've built a lifestyle, uh, or rather you've built a lifestyle for this career. You picked a career that meets your lifestyle. So I want to talk about that first right out of the gate. Is that, is that, is that true? Like what is the, what is this lifestyle that I see on Instagram and elsewhere? It's all fake. (laughs) (laughs) It's just pictures. Um, I don't know. Like I kind of think it's, it's kind of luck a little bit. Um, I definitely, I think I choose where I want to live before I think about a job. And the funny thing is I was living in an RV for like three or four months this last summer and I didn't have a job and decided I was going to stay in Idaho. And like through, through networks that I've already created, um, the current job I have just like was an opportunity presented to me just through previous relationships and developer friends. That's, you know, that's really interesting to bring up. So there was a time and space where before you were, you were an iOS developer, then you decided that you're going to go RVing around the, around the United States. And now you're an iOS developer again. And and what's really interesting to me is like, you have this practical skill and, you know, I know we're in tough times right now. A lot of people like don't have jobs or can't find jobs, but like, it's crazy how you can stop working because you want to, I'm going to go in my RV, you know, or, or, you know, at least you're going to do something fun. And you're like, okay, it's time to work again. And just like that, you know, like you're able to just jump back in. And I think that's really cool. I, I don't know other, a lot of other jobs where it's just like you can do that, you know, just come right back on in. We need a developer. So that's really awesome. Um, okay, so what is your current job title and what do you do right now? Um, I'm a senior iOS developer and I work for a startup based out of Austin. And I... 
only am in Swift code and I'm programming an iOS app every day. Okay. So you're programming iOS app in Swift. Um, tell me what your, what your day looks like from waking up and then of course to work and then, you know, going to bed, et cetera. Like what, what does that day look like for you? All right. Well, with it, like, so the last six weeks, um, I started a crazy schedule that I stick to no matter what, because I wasn't accomplishing anything outside of work. Like, so my personal life, gym, and then like the, the side project I'm working on, I wasn't getting anything done. So I wake up at 5 a.m. every day, Ooh. even on the weekends. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I make coffee and I read for about an hour, hour and a half. What are you reading? Uh, I just finished delivering happiness um, by Tony She, I think is his name. Okay. And that's the Zappos story. It's an awesome oh, interesting. book. If you, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, basically like how to create good company culture and how important customer service is. And okay. it's a pretty cool, it's an awesome read. So it's like how they went from like zero to, you know, being acquired by Amazon for like hmm. one and a half billion or something crazy. That's awesome. Okay. So you read that. Yeah. Um, and then every day at six 30, I work out. So like at your house at a gym out in the snow, yeah, mo the Mondays, Tuesdays, <laughs> Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, I go to my gym and I'll either do upper body on Mondays and Wednesdays. And then I do some sort of lower body, like squats, deadlifts and things on Tuesdays and Fridays. Okay. Is this weight training, uh, CrossFit? What, what exactly kind of training is this? Just curious. I'm actually, I'm doing, um, I'm going to, I forgot his name now. Marcus Philly. I'm doing his like aerobic weightlifting program, which is okay. really awesome. Um, so it's kind of like functional fitness stuff. Is that like functional programming? Exactly. Just <laughs> like that. Okay. So you work out then what? And then, uh, I run a couple times a week. So after working out, um, I shower and everything. And then my day for my day job starts at eight 30 every morning. So we usually have like a stand up call, keep everyone up to date on where we are and what we're doing for that day. Okay. Right. Cause so you're, you're in Idaho and, uh, the company you work for is in uh, Austin, so that's is that that's two hours away. That's one hour, so one, they're so nine thirty. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you got to get up a little bit earlier, uh, but that's fine. You don't have to commute. You don't have to drive anywhere. Yeah, I got a long walk from the bedroom to the desk. Okay. So, um, all right. So now you've started your stand up, and then you're just coding for the rest of the day. Do you, uh, do you have meetings? Like, how does it work? Um. It, we sometimes have meetings. Uh, usually stand up is the only meeting in the day. And then like every two weeks we'll have like sprint planning and backlog grooming and things like that. So basically in two week chunks, I, I know what tasks I have to do and I just work through them. And hopefully by the end of the week, my list is cleared out and then I get more tasks. So yeah, I code all day. Um, about every two to three hours, I get I have to go play fetch with Jax because he's a five and a half month year old uh, Belgian Malinois and he's crazy. And you have two dogs, right? Yep, I have two dogs. Bella is my twelve year old cattle dog mix, and she's just kind of chill. So they just hang she's around easy. with you all day while you're while you're working. Then. Yep. Yeah. They're actually 
It's nice they're behaving. Sometimes I get barked at. <laughs> okay, so you, you play with the dogs a few times, and you and what time do you stop working or writing code? So I normally stop around four thirty, five o'clock my time, and I always take the dogs out for usually like a four to five mile hike. Every single day. Every single day. And you can yeah. hike just from your house. Like you walk out the door, do you have to drive somewhere or how does that work? Yeah. I mean, I can walk out the door. I usually will drive like five minutes and I'll do different trailheads okay. to, you know, keep my life exciting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I do that. And then when I get back, I make dinner, eat dinner. And then the rest of the evening, I then work on perfect form. Okay. And uh, that's that's the side project you're working on here, which I do want to talk about in a minute yeah. here. And so you work on that. What time do you go to bed every day? Um, no screens or technology uh, starting at 9 p.m. And then I go to bed at 10 o'clock every day. Okay. So what do you do between 9 and 10? Read? What do you, what do you do? Either read like a real live book, not Kindle, or um, I'm trying to, I'm attempting to, meditate to clear my head because okay. otherwise I have trouble sleeping and it seems like it's working. I don't know. Um, so I kind of just like just have a real calm hour before I go to bed. Okay. Uh, you know, yeah. um, this is really interesting. So a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of different personalities in programming. Um, but one thing that I've admired for you knowing you over the years is just uh, this notion of minimalism that I've kind of seen you talk about or, you know, post about and, you know, you, you know, I, I can see the schedule that you have. So can you talk to that point a little bit, just like minimalism with you as a programmer as, you know, or just lifestyle? Um, I don't like clutter. Um, <laughs> and you know, I don't like cords. So like, if you've ever worked with me, I probably zip tied your desk. <laughs> <laughs> a, ra a random a random drive-by zip zip tying huh? just walk yeah. by just, that's funny so i do that um i didn't own a couch until about a month ago i felt bad because my dogs looked uncomfortable so i bought a couch <laughs> for them to lay on um but before that it was just like my better desk chair um that's about it i don't know okay um i have a dirt bike now i feel like that is cluttering a little too much, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. I, I love it. I, lo I love this whole daily uh, routine here. Okay. So uh, continuing on here, uh, you know, I'm trying to just get a sense of like where you sit in a programmer uh, in the tech world. So uh, what is your current salary or salary range? Whatever you feel comfortable uh, divulging. Uh, I make about a hundred grand a year right now. Okay. Awesome. And, uh, how did you first learn about programming? Um, I feel like I always knew about it. My dad would, my dad would like give me his old like basic books and stuff. And um, when I was in middle school, I started saving up for my first computer. And I want to say like by the time I was a freshman with like my summer jobs and stuff, I bought my first like compact desktop. Okay. And I was like, so proud of that thing. Come, comes um, fully equipped with a CD-ROM. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then I thought I was really cool because, you know, I could burn DVDs. And <laughs> you want me to burn those that? MP3s for you, dude? Yeah. I, could, I could burn them for you if you want. I could rip them and burn and them. And I could make some really ugly web pages with HTML. Uh, with the flashing, uh, with flashing images and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 
it kind of like it kind of slowly died out once I like got into high school and then I would say once I was in college I started learning um C++ okay it was only for a semester and I thought it was cool but not cool enough to like really pull gravitate me towards it okay and so I went through college blah 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 did all that and then I ended up um working for a family business and I got tied into um the automating side of our manufacturing and I started ripping out hydraulics and I learned all about like programmable logic controllers PLCs okay. and I learned ladder logic at that point so I started like doing all this all these different like pieces of machinery you would tie together with a PLC so I learned ladder logic and I thought this was really cool and then at one point I worked there for about 10 years I was just sick of swinging a hammer every day and beating myself up and I was like dude I'm smarter than this and I don't have to beat my body up on a daily basis. So I started figuring out what I can do where I can work from home, where I can work remote and just like not destroy my body unless it's like something I choose to do, like skiing or working out or, <laughs> or dirt biking. Dirt biking. Yeah. 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 Um, so first like programming didn't even really fall like as I've always tried to learn programming throughout the years. And like, I, I first started learning iOS development when it was objective C days and I just couldn't wrap my head around it. Okay. So it was kind of just like a hobby that never took off. So then I started doing like day trading stuff and I was like, I can day trade, you know, I can make, can make tons of money. Right. Yeah. Um, and I ended up just busting, busting my butt way too much to like break even or make like 50 bucks. Okay. So I was like, well, there's not much of a future in this. And then Swift came out because I was always an Apple fanboy. So I, I followed all this stuff. And when Swift came out, I got really excited. Um, I found like Ray Wenderlich and started going down that path. And I got super confused because their projects are always like three quarters of the way done and always super advanced code or just like okay. kind of confusing. And then I stumbled across this this correct uh charismatic <laughs> face on udemy oh boy and his name was mark price yeah <laughs> and uh i started taking your course and like when i when i started following all your videos like my learning just like skyrocketed i finally like understood like object-oriented programming and how you actually like piece projects together and when i got there I, I probably put in a good, like solid four to six months before I actually quit my job at the family business, okay. which was dramatic in itself. Um, and then, um, so you actually, you ex, quit your job before you had a programming job. Yeah. Okay. I had no, I had no idea what I was doing. Okay. I, I put in a year notice, which don't ever do. If you want the <laughs> longest year of your life, put a year notice at a job you don't like. <laughs> So I did a year notice and I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, dude, a year's a long time. I can figure this out. Like if you can't figure out something new in a year, you got other problems. So yeah, I hit the, like I was six months out of my job, you know, my paycheck ending and I found your course, started teaching myself iOS 
Um, trying to think. Oh yeah, and I was renovating my house so I could sell it all in like this short amount of time because my ex at the time, we decided to move to Los Angeles for her career. And I was like, well, that's great for me. There's plenty of tech in yeah. the LA area. Um, so I did all this. Uh, basically, I stopped socializing because I would go to work, you know, 10 hours a day and then I would come home I would be renovating my house. Like we renovated the whole thing, like floors, bathrooms, like tile, like you name it, we did it. And I was teaching myself how to code all in this. So what you're saying is the key to, to learning to code is to stop socializing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you want, like you always hear people that will say they don't have time to learn. That's BS. Like you have an hour or two yeah. every day. You just have to stop doing something else you like yeah. doing. Yeah. Like, Netflix or video games, like say goodbye. <laughs> Got to pick something. I, I get that. Okay. So from the time you started, so you're obviously an iOS developer. So from the time you started learning iOS to when you got your very first uh, paid job, yeah, how long was that? Um, six or seven months, I think. Okay. Six or seven months. Now, I think you told me before that you took a freelance your first paid project that was actually freelancing uh before you got the like full-time job yes so how did you find your freelance your that freelancing project i mean you're you're all this right. guy who's just learning to code like how did they trust you how did this all work out how did how did you get that project networking networking what is it what is what specifically so i the so the funny thing is the weekend after my last day of work um, Ray Wenderlich had his conference okay. and I was like, oh, this is like, it's, it, it's perfect. Like this is meant to be right. So I signed up for it. I was all excited. And this was actually before I got on the dev slopes wagon. So it was like the only, um, community that I kind of knew. Okay. So I went to, I went to their developer conference and it, it was awesome. I mean, they did a really good job. Um, and drink we were having drinks after the first day and i met one of the motivational speakers and her and i we kicked it off she really ended up liking me and i found out that she was working for like a an app development company okay and so she really like she really tried hard to like get me in with them um i did a couple interviews with them and it just ended up i just didn't have enough experience all right but they wanted to stay in contact with me and you know, help me figure, you know, they wanted to figure something out um, for when I was ready to be hired or I don't know, whatever happened. But I ended up getting a freelance through them from like a project that was too small or they just didn't want to be bothered with. Okay. You just heard Jack. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I got a, a little tiny measly job that they didn't want to be bothered with and they kicked it over my way. And that's how I got my first freelance work. You know, that's, that's fantastic. Um, uh, and, and this is another thing I tell people when I, when they ask about like jobs and projects, you know, is, is the networking side of things. And, you know, I've known you for a few years now and, you know, sometimes you tell me you're not a networker, but I, I watch you and you're, you're a, a big networker. In fact, a lot of the things uh, that you do come from networking that I've seen. Uh, so I, I just want to make it known here that networking could literally 
get you a job over other people just by virtue of of who you know would you agree at least to some degree on that yeah and i never i don't like to admit that i'm a networker but it is kind of true i i do seem to be good <laughs> at meeting people that are good people to know and i don't like honestly i don't think i've ever went through a normal interview process because it's all been through knowing people yeah uh, you know, and what's really cool is it's like stuff anybody can do. I've seen you in action. Uh, you know, you just talk to people and like sometimes you don't even kick the conversation off. It's just normal conversation. Like there's no expectations. You know, I think that's a lot of what networking is. And, uh, you know, and over time, it's it's like an overtime thing that, you know, pays dividends out. So I think that's really cool. So you got your first freelancing project, uh, paid you some money. Um, and then tell me how you got your uh, your first job. So Jacob ended up working for, for us at DevSlopes. And so tell me how you got the first job, how long it was from the freelancing project, you know, that kind of that timeline. Uh, yeah. So I would say I moved to Los Angeles and right around the time that you were doing your Kickstarter. Okay. Um, you were in the LA area doing like all the promo videos and yeah, like yeah. interviewing students and stuff. And did, did, was it a Discord channel back then? We, we had one for sure, yeah. Yeah, so I remember like, just like, I don't know, I got on your radar, I somehow became um, like a student. You know, you mentor. reached out to me about about something. Yeah, that's what it was. You were yeah, reaching out to me. And then we both talked because we were both moving to California at the same time. That's right. And you were supposed to interview some other student like a couple miles from where I was living. And he bailed because he was right. scared to go on camera. That's right. And you like reached out to me and I was like, yeah, why not? Yeah. And so that's how we first met. And then from there, like, I don't know. Um, we just, I didn't, I like my, my end goal was not to like get a job from Mark Price, you know, it was more, we became friends. And then like after the Kickstarter ended, I ended up getting hired as an Android developer. Wait, we did? We hired you? Yeah, remember? I don't remember. Because, As an Android because developer? You already had, yeah, you already had an iOS, and you're like, well, I really like you, and I know you're smart. Will you learn Android? Crazy. So there, like, there's something to that, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got hired because Mark thought I was smart, and he liked me, and that was it. Like, you didn't hire me off my skills, really. You knew I had them, but you also knew you could develop them. Yeah, and, and I think my mind is starting to remember i'm pretty sure we sent you um a little project or something like that uh, yeah you might have we, or something we looked at your code or i something like that um oh i had a side project going at that time too i was doing that bar inventory thing okay that's right you sh you did show me code that's right you did show yeah. me code yep um and i want to i want to bring this up this it's a really good point here um so th this is a topic that people argue with me a lot on social media cuz i i just post things as they are. And so when I talk about things like, you know, who's looking at your resume, you know, it's probably a programmer, probably a human being. Like everyone thinks you got to have this like perfect resume, all this experience, but so many people, uh, myself included, you know, like we're looking for uh, companies looking for good people that they can trust, that they can know who, who can learn, uh, you know? And so sometimes like being your best self is like what gets you the job versus like, Oh, I need the rock star ninja, ninja coder who can, you know, who can write a hundred lines of code a minute, you know, whatever, you know, it's, there's other things that are important. 
Uh, I, I'd forgotten about that. So, and then you started building iPhone stuff, not Android stuff. Yeah. So then the iOS developer at the time just uh, kind of dropped the ball and wasn't getting things done. So I jumped on and ended up kind of taking over the iOS project. That's right. In like a few months. Yeah. Wow, it's crazy. Uh, and then I went. So that so you did that for a few years, and uh, and then uh, I'm. If I remember right, so then you took your break, right? There was no other projects or jobs in between. Um, I did a, a few contract jobs. Oh, that's right. Right after Dev Slopes. That's right. But uh, then, yeah, then I kind of took my break, and I actually didn't program for a year. How was that, by the way? I like, like, was it nice? Was it different? Like, what? Was it good to take a break? Uh, it, it was weird. Like, I was definitely, like, in a strange, like, burnout stage. And like burnout is real. So like anyone that is working seven days a week, 12 plus hours a day on a computer <laughs> screen, it will catch up yeah, to you. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I was there too from the same burnout, but yes. <laughs> yeah. That's but yeah, I would say once you land your first job and like I lucked out having you as like a mentor and boss because you didn't put limits to like, I ended up being in backend code and I did everything. So like my learning curve just like skyrocketed that first year, maybe even the first two years, like it was insane. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's, that's another thing, um, interesting to point out is a lot of people looking for jobs. If you go work for a startup, you're, you're apt to learn a lot more quickly and have to ha touch much more technologies than let's say an established enterprise with, you know, 10 other developers in that discipline where you're only going to work on that, on that one thing. So, uh, that's another good reason to look into a startup if, if that's interesting to you. Okay. Um, well, that's great. This is a cool, a cool timeline in history. Um, I'm just going through my list here of things uh, I wanted to ask you here. So, um, okay. Yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk about the side hustle. Um, you know, you're, you're building a product or, or an app. Just tell me, tell me about it, whatever you want to talk about on it. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to hear what it, what it does or what you're trying to accomplish. I'm sure. So, the name right now, who knows if it'll stay or not, but it's called Perfect Form. And it is a, it's, it's aiming to be a complete like gym management solution. So like, so funny thing is apparently I didn't realize how many friends I have that own gyms. And I have just like, I live in a small town and I know two different gym owners just in this small town. And then I know a couple gym owners out East and over the last couple of months, I started realizing and listening to them complain about the technologies they use to run their daily business. And so all these small businesses are using like three or more platforms that don't communicate well together. So they're doing like triple quadruple entry for a lot of stuff. Okay. So my goal is to like create like a scheduling, um, a POS system and like a, a, a coaching all in one kind of package. Okay. So you, you see, there's, there's a clear need you're, you're discussing with, with these people and some of their pain points. So you're kind of, you're kind of validating some of these pain points and you kind of yeah. see a solution, uh, to, do you have a solution in mind? Like, or is it like something you're going to start prototyping like kind of have it all figured out? I mean, I have a solution in mind, but, there's also like, there's so many features. It's easy to like over, overwhelm yourself. So I've been um, figuring out what I need 
in you know my v1 or beta you know the absolute minimum needs to actually have a product that i can sell okay and so that's probably the hardest part right there because you want your full feature list but at the end of the day it's impossible to get your full feature list out the door in a reasonable amount of time yeah th- this this is great advice for those of you who are listening uh, who want to build an app uh, Jacob's approaching this with a MVP, you know, uh, minimum viable prototype uh, mindset so he can actually launch it and release it, uh, which is critical because he clearly says he has lots of features, but, you know, you obviously can't build them all at once. Um, and so how are you going to, Jacob, how are you going to validate like your MVP or your most important feature? How do you validate it and say, this is working, let's move on to the next thing. And at what point can you sell it? Like, how does that work? Um, so... I'm, I'm in a lucky situation, I feel like, because I'm really good friends with the owners of the gym I go to. And okay. they're, they're nice enough to let me hang out and shadow them on their, like, their daily like, office work needs. So one thing, like a benefit I have is I see what works for them, which I can just replicate what works already. And then all the pain points is where I'm going to fix the product. And so as I start building out small features, I can get instant feedback from, you know, a live business that can use it right away. That's great because they have a pain point. So, you know, in essence, what, what you're doing is, you know, you're like playing doctor here. You're like, all right, let's, let's try this out. Let's see if it works. What do you think? Um, and uh, so you're, you're getting actual real client validation versus just creating some random thing that where you have this random idea, right? And it's like, I, I think right. this idea will work out, but you have, so you've, you've got real pain points, real people, um, which I think may actually be critical to figuring out what, what to build. Um, so are they going to become your customers? Like how's, how, you know, how's that going to work? Like w- w- when, and how are you going to sell this? I think we'll have a nice, I mean, I, my goal is to have my software work so well that they want to be customers. Obviously I can't force that, but, uh, yeah, my ultimate goal is to, you know, if I get to like, so I think in my opinion, V1 will be ready when they say it fits, you know, their needs. Okay. For whatever, like whatever those needs will end up being, that'll be my V1. And then it goes to launching and advertising from okay. there. So uh, question I have then, so we let's say we have a, v, a potential a V1, you know, how do you, how are you going to plan out? Like, I guess uh, what I'm trying to say is, is, is dates and, and launching. For instance, it, it is possible for a developer just to continue coding, you know, for months, weeks, years on something, you know, mm-hmm. how, how are you going to set a cutoff? How are you going to like, say, this is what I'm doing when I'm doing it by how, how do you figure all that out? That's a good question. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm there yet, okay. but I definitely, it's been on my mind. I need to create a timeline and it needs to be realistic. Um, it's hard, you know, I'm the only developer working on this right now. And also like my entire day is taken up with my day job. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little too much at the beginning, I think, but as I start like writing the backend code and getting some of the core features written, I think I'll have a better idea. So that that's another good point. You, you mentioned back in here. Um, you know, I, I often recommend brand new people who want to get a job fast. They start learning mobile cause they can get in quicker than other, other things. But 
okay, now we have this idea about I want to build an app, I want to build a product. And, you know, if you only knew iOS development, do you think you'd be able to build like a new product like this? Like, no. Like, t- explain that. Explain why. Why Why other skills are important and, and how it's helping you. Well, I mean, for for this app, I, it requires too many different platforms. Like, I have to have web. I have to have iOS. I'll eventually have to have Android. Um, if you did just have an iOS app that everything can be done in the iOS app, like, yes, you could because you can use you know, iCloud and all that other stuff now as a backend instead of being able to write your own backend. But then you're stuck. You're stuck in the Apple, the Apple universe. And you'd end up probably having to rewrite a backend down the road anyways. Right. Yeah. I mean, pretty, pretty much every, every product, right. has, has some type of yeah. uh, backend infrastructure. And I think you, you talked about like, you know, coaching and there might be video and compression and codecs and, you know, a whole bunch of other things yeah, in between. Well, and we were talking about that and that opens up a can of worms with like just pricing, yeah. like how many users can you have? And like, what's the average video length and how many videos are users uploading a month? Yeah. Cause that's going to be the most expensive part of my server costs. You know, that's, that's a really good point you bring up. So, uh, everything that you do has to, uh, from a technology product standpoint it has to be considered uh, in addition to the price, because let's say just in any video app, you know, there's storage costs, there's, uh, there's streaming costs, you know, there's compression costs. And, you know, you also like, yeah, there's the value to a customer, like, what are they willing to pay? But you also have to even design your your technology around cost. And you may even have to redesign product a little bit, if the cost is too high, because let's say, if the cost of the video is so high that a customer wouldn't pay the price, now all of a sudden you have to think of creative ways of getting around it on the consumer side while still servicing the pain point. Uh, and so I, I, I like that you bring that up there. There's potentially direct costs related with with what you build, which reminds me of a former student we had who built an app that got in the top of the app store, you know, millions of downloads, number two in the app store. And I remember he, he was telling us like he was jumping for joy when he got to the top of the app store. Like everyone on the team was so happy. And then he got a $100,000 bill from Google Maps. And what he said was, if I remember right, was he, they, their, their code wasn't completely optimized and they were making too many requests. And all of a sudden, their, that elation and joy turned into a little bit of pain as they were had to front a $100,000 bill. So, you know, everything, everything matters, right, on every level of a technology of a startup. <laughs> the type of things that keep you awake at night. <laughs> Woo, we just got number two in the app store, and here's your $100,000 bill. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay, that's awesome. I, I love your approach on this, this minimal MVP approach on the on the technology. How are you going to choose your technology stack f- uh, for this side hustle? Which technologies are you going to do? So I've been back and forth a lot, and... Um, talking to people like you or like Jack and just other friends, other developers, I've been kind of bouncing around ideas. And I mean, it's difficult. Like you want to go with sometimes the new shiny technology because it performs better and can scale better. Um, But at the end of the day, I want to get something out quick. So I'm picking technology that I know. So I'm probably going to end up going with like serverless and AWS and like Lambda function type stuff for the back end, And 
Then the front end for web, it'll probably be Angular okay. or something similar, either React or Angular. And yeah. Yeah, so that's a good point um, that a lot of people don't talk about. So, you know, a lot of people debate with me like on which technology should you choose this and that. Like, I can't believe you're not going to use AWS. That's scalable and all this stuff. And it's just like no one tends to, well, a lot of people don't tend to think about the opportunity cost. What is it going to cost me to learn something new, right? If you have a startup idea and uh, you want to get it out fast, you know, but you know Node and Express and you know how to launch a quick Ubuntu server on DigitalOcean or wherever else, like that's great, right? You can actually get something out the door versus I need to invest six months of my time to learn this completely new thing, uh, not know what I'm doing, you know, all in the name of scalability and then, you know, not shipping anything at all or hiring developers, you know. So there is something to be said about the opportunity cost of, you know, let's put off the shiny Corvette and just let's use the, let's use the, uh, you know, the station wagon for right now uh, because it's old, reliable and let's get something out the door, you know, let's get moving. Yeah. Elixir and Phoenix had my attention for a while because it's really cool. It's awesome stuff, but I don't know it. Yeah. So I kind of like, I was like, I'd rather get a product started than put it off just to learn a new technology. Yeah. Like, uh, that makes complete sense, and of course, you can always uh, you can always get help later on uh, uh, as as money comes in and things yeah. like that. Um, cool. Exactly. So um, we're kind of wrapping up here. Um, we talked about a lot of great things. Uh, you know, you work remotely, which okay, right now because of COVID, everyone's working remotely. But you were working re remotely before that, um, and. Uh, I, I think that's amazing because it's kind of a dream that a lot of people have. I want to be a programmer. I want to work from home. You obviously are, have this amazing lifestyle where you're out hiking and doing all kinds of fun things. You've got your dirt bike, you know, uh, and I know you do travel. Uh, I've seen your photos on Instagram. And um, so I guess my question to you and to everyone who is listening is like, what is your best advice for people who want to become a remote programmer? They, they want to work for a lifestyle. How, do, how can they get into that field? Um... It's a good question. Network. Okay, networking. Say, I mean, you have to start with freelance jobs. Like, they're not ideal in my opinion. I'm sure some people love freelance work, but I've always just ran into like a lot of headaches, and it's hard to price them accordingly. Yeah. Um, but freelance work is probably the best way. Um, or if you have an idea, a product idea, just start building it and just get resume building and get your GitHub, you know, with tons of activity and projects that when you start applying, you know, they can see your work and actually know you're capable of programming and capable of working remote. So I'd say that's the hardest thing. If you're a junior developer, they're going to want you in house to train you and to keep an eye on you. So you kind of have to prove that you're capable of being out on your own. Yeah. Uh, and I guess what I'm also hearing here is, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta keep learning, have skills, and apply, and network, and just all the all the normal things. Really, that's that's what I'm hearing here, at least. You know, just uh, yeah, that's pretty much and it. Communities like Dev Slopes, like you know, it's network awesome because yeah. everybody knows each other, or you know, they at least have a network to work. To you know, if they don't know how to do something, someone in the Dev Slopes community probably does. Yeah. And I would say that's, you know, aside from DevSubs too, but just, you know, mentorship communities and networking in general, go to meetup.com, you know, meet people, yeah. you know, have, have opportunities, you know, and, and, you know, there may be a company or startup 
who's been trying to hire somebody for six months and can't, and you come in here, maybe you're a junior developer, but you're available and you're like, well, but I, I need to work remote. Well, you know, there's always those opportunities where somebody just needs you in the door right now. Uh, so I think there's something to that. Yeah. Too. And I know it's easy for us developers to not go out and socialize. So sometimes you got to force that. <laughs> yes. Especially right now. So, yeah. um, okay. A, a, a couple more things. Uh, so, uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, reach out, ask questions, uh, is there a best place for that? Um, I guess Instagram or, or Twitter. I'm not, I don't really use either very much but. <laughs> okay um okay what do you have a username or anything uh yeah it's jacob underscore litzo okay. and uh i don't know maybe if you edit this you can throw it up on the screen okay l-u-e-t-z-o-w all right awesome yeah. uh, jacob does have a wealth of knowledge and advice and he's a generally nice guy so um okay uh, and last, last question I, I ask everybody here is what is your favorite book of all time? And um, ugh. all right. So like business books, I think it's delivering happiness that we just talked about okay. earlier. Um, like sci-fi books, it would be old man's war series. Oh, and I've never heard of that. Oh, it's amazing. It's an older book too. Old Man's War? Uh, yeah, Old Man's War. Okay. And I think there's like six books. I recommend that if you like uh, like space space stuff. Awesome. Um, and then programming, clean code. I forget who the author is. Yeah, that, that's a fantastic, definitely worth reading uh, fantastic book uh, that's a podcast book too. you can that's the kind of book you can actually listen to in the car because it's not overly visual or technical so yeah yep cool well I mean that's really it do you have anything you want to say before we close up shop here um no awesome so this is Jacob coding. Jacob Bledsoe keep coding uh, he's uh, awesome iOS developer uh, master networker uh, hiker, digital nomad, uh, dirt biker, uh, skier, everything in between. Thank you. Thanks for joining me here today and, uh, we'll chat soon. Yeah, man. This was awesome. I'm yep. Glad you, uh, invited me on. Yeah. All right. We'll see ya. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you've liked what you heard, go ahead and click that subscribe button. You'll get notified every time a new episode comes out, and it'll also help us to grow this channel. And if you'd like to learn how to code, you can always visit us at devslopes.com with our coaching and mentorship-based learning. See you next time.